tune up the band, and for real this time, we're going to work ourselves into a shoot, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan Reardon and Melee Hellbot, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Joining us this week, the most guests we have ever had on the podcast, and returning guests for this one, as we are joined by Squill and Ose. And Dino Winwood. Hello, everybody. Hi. Why are there so many people in this booth? I can't <laughs> breathe. We had to assemble the Avengers for this one. I didn't come here to make podcasts. I came here to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, I'll to, quote, to quote him. Oh. Thank you. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. You guys make money? <laughs> Lord knows. Allegedly. For 20 years, no. Incredibly. <laughs> I was going to say, because all of it goes to melee, if I'm honest, Reardon, which, by the way, your check is in the mail. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How I think I... the only. Oh, God. I was just going to say, I, th- I think literally the only money I've made off of anything was that Napoleon Blown Apart put five bucks on my Kofi, and that's it. That's Ooh. the. <laughs> Which, by Shout the out way, to you, Napoleon Blown Apart. Yeah. He took pity on me. I was going to say, which, by the way, everybody, check out each other's uh, Kofi and their Patreons and everything, because, uh, yeah, we because I, I, I love these guys and everything that they do, so please do support them in All every right. way possible. Mm-hmm. And now, it's not Thank saying you. I don't have any slight bias because I work with two of them here, but still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how have your weeks been as we get closer and closer to the holidays? I am so relaxed. I am zen. I have ascended. I wish I was where you are right now. <laughs> Same here. Because let me tell you something. Retail during the holidays is a very special ring of hell. Mm. It is. Mm. I, I, I know it all too well. That's all my fellow former and current hospitality workers at Christmas. Yeah, shout out to mm-hmm. you guys. Hard shout out to you Hardest working people in the business. Retail and hospitality workers in the Christmas period are genuinely the strongest soldiers. I yeah. have, they have nothing but my respect. I salute them more than I would the troops. No, absolutely. Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. Oh, candy cane and all. But uh, no, for me, I haven't relaxed. If anyone saw, I have still been working relentlessly with the subpar boy. <laughs> and I managed to get a video out just in time for Christmas. That's a worker. Yeah. Oh man, I I I spent most of yesterday pretty much in a state of delirium because I was just like fueled by caffeine and was absolutely laser focused on getting it done. And by golly, I got it done. But guess what? I I booked myself for another video next week. Oh, I, I need that sweet I mean, get respect the hustle. I, I, I need that sweet money, and all I'll say is that Nova was more than willing to give me. <laughs> Shout out to Nova. Shout out to Nova. It's good to see him back, and it, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him put out some more stuff, hopefully, touch wood, in the next year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. <laughs> you know, guys, everything here is chaos. And what we're going to talk about is absolute chaos. Like, oh my god. But 
in this sea of chaos, there is an order to things, and that order is pending. We are always pending, and always, always will be. And that is football being played by my father. So ignore that. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Rudin's dad. Hey, Shout out to my father. It's... Hello. It's his cameo appearance on the podcast. He's making oh, a here. Oh, sorry. If, if anyone doesn't know, actually, just to pull the curtain back a bit, we're actually all in Reardon's living room as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dad is extremely upset with me. Oh, <laughs> uh, not because he wanted to catch the football. Anyway, <laughs> before we get on to our chaos of this episode, as we all discuss Nobuhiko Takada, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun 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 down. Wrestling news. My microphone stopped working for a second. No. <laughs> Wrestling news. <laughs> oh, Dan, Dan, you've been gone. You've been gone a little bit, and you <laughs> and, and you forgot to plug your mic. In. No, no, no. It was okay. I pressed. I press. I tried to press the unmute button. When I pressed it, I didn't press it properly, and then I thought it'd come off on mute. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, um, should we talk about Final Battle? Um, yeah, that's probably a good place to start. <laughs> I can talk about that. I, I, I was going to say, it wasn't a bad one. I kind of, it was kind of all kind of what I expected it to be, even though there were some matches that I was not very happy about the result. <laughs> I know there were some, I know there were some people talking about it being confusing or whatever, because there was a whole thing about like match stipulations and stuff. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I heard generally overall it was a pretty good show. Would would people concur with that? <clears throat> I would lovingly describe it as <clears throat> NXT Takeover Final Battle. <laughs> I that too. I'm like, you know what? From what I'm seeing reported, it definitely sounds like it was that. <laughs> yeah, it was because there were so many matches here where you would be like not criticized if you thought this was an nxt takeover show because like there were so many kickouts so many long matches just so much like this feels like an nxt show especially uh, okay. the, the uh it's like the uh the johnny gargano experience <laughs> aka ethan page ethan page is just the converse johnny gargano no, it's true. No, well, it's Johnny right. Gargano the long way. Page has carried the long way. Yeah, it's true though. It is true. Uh, although, Page has a personality. I was gonna say, Dino. Yes, I was about to say. No, that's absolutely right. That's the only difference. <laughs> uh, See, the thing is, right? Is that like, sorry, on the topic of Ethan Page, I do really like him, but then I never know where he fits in as a wrestler to anything. Mm -hmm. I, I get what you mean. I think that comes a lot, but that's a lot of variables on that. It might be just kind of like his exposure for, on television, as well as kind of like his um his move set as well. Mm -hmm. But I, like, I don't know what it is though. That like he like he's 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 really good. Yes. But there's just something that like just doesn't seem to to click at times although speaking of again speaking of this this is my brain going on overdrive right now um because it made me think about impact shout out to impact for uh getting kushida in oh yeah she, yeah, she, oh, TNA, yeah tna have actually been killing it with who they've been signing and i'm really i don't know about you guys i'm really excited for tna next year <clears throat> me too i'm excited for that pay-per-view 
we have returned. She is genuinely a, a really interesting prospect that, again, the return of TNA could be a herald of good things. Yeah, I know, rather than, like, a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> I was going to say, who in their right mind thought that coming into the new year that DPW and TNA might actually end up being two of the best promotions in America? <laughs> I, I mean, I always, I always I, believed I in DPW. I'm the strongest yeah, soldier. Same. Yeah, I always sorry. had faith. My friend was involved, so I'm like, it's going to succeed. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, I'm sorry, but if you told me that before, I would have said there's a gas leak and you need to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh if, man! If Impact slash TNA ever actually fully goes out of business. The seventh seal is opened, and the end of the world is upon us. It just yes. it can't. Oh yeah, no, that, that's, the point. that's the yes, point ben. where like, surely that's the point where like WWE have to like then get entering into like a fucking Rockefeller esque like antitrust. Yes, massive companies. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, frankly, they should be doing that now, but whatever. Yeah, they should be doing it now, but like that that's like that's like the point where we're like no down with standard oil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I truly believe that if they do close the doors, that's the sixth seal. I mean, you saw what happened when the fifth seal was completely broken, and that was when Liger retired. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah. Because of what happened literally two weeks after Liger retired. <laughs> <laughs> Back? Should we go back to? Yeah, I like to think there's. I like to think. Sorry, I like to think there's a direct causality between Liger's retirement and then us being exposed to that evil title run. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right. Uh, it's, 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 it's a quote in itself. <clears throat> Dick. <laughs> like like Liger Liger was holding us back from the hell that we were about to be exposed to. Uh, a, a David Bowie situation again. Very much so. <laughs> oh. mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yo, back to final battle, Bo. Uh, yes, back there, to final battle. Any matches in particular that you guys uh, uh, think were kind of ones that you can definitely go back to watch? Um, Definitely, I would recommend the Black Totus versus the Vikingo match, where it was basically... I mean, like, Vikingo. come on, right? Yeah, Anyone I mean, that was going into this match being like... Like, I saw people talking about this match going into it being like... And again, this this just tells me how much of like the wrestling world i'm exposed to just sucks of people being like don't know who they are don't care and i'm like if you know these two you should know they're gonna cook <laughs> mm -hmm. real oh it was it was a blooming good match although people mm -hmm. will are downgrading it because of ikingo couldn't actually pull off a spot quite properly and i'm just like but that, but clearly, no one's ever watched Lucha Libre. That's what Lucha I was going to say. They, this is this is disrespecting the history of Lucha Libre. How dare you disrespect fair, heritage? People didn't know Lucha Libre existed until PWG started booking them. So you got you you got to remember it, it's it's like jazz. It's about the moves they're not hitting. Yeah, mm -hmm. but don't mention jazz because then people won't listen to whatever else else you said. I'm like, you're yes. not listening, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that Vikingo is the also John very true? <laughs> that, that Vikingo is the John Coltrane of his time. Yes. <laughs> um. More or, or more Charlie Parker. Oh well. I don't know. V Vikingo feels more like feels more like kind of free form. Ah okay. Oh, oh, uh, uh, mm. more boundary pushing. 
<laughs> so, so Herbie Hancock? Or <laughs> Quite possibly, say... actually. That could be the pick. I was going to okay. say Herbie Hancock. <laughs> so what about uh, Taurus? Would Taurus be more... I don't know, Thelonious Monk? Could be. Okay. I don't know. I'm feel, I'm 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 seeing I'm seeing Taurus and I'm thinking either like a jazz like bass player. <laughs> oh, okay. Because they generally tend to be the, the units of the uh, the jazz band. <laughs> right. Honestly, I want to go on record saying that uh Vikingo might be Bill Evans because he, he does tickle the ivories of the ring really good. That's so. good. I like that. I like poetry. That. <laughs> um I heard I heard both good and bad things about the um, the Mark Briscoe match. So that match is weird because it's like half of a great match and half of a collision match. Yeah, yeah. Where like the, they go crazy in the second half. Like that first half is kind of like, why wasn't this the whole match to begin with? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing I got. I kind of got from what people were saying about it. Hmm. Yeah, but once Mark Briscoe says, "Did you bump your fucking head?" Then the match gets great. <laughs> ah, any match is good when Mark Briscoe is is allowed to rip. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's crazy. There's a part of the match where, like, all right, the match gets reset, and then Mark Briscoe, off a perk, does a stage dive onto all of the combatants in the match, and it's like, hell yeah! <laughs> now that is awesome. <laughs> oh. Mark Briscoe is great. Would it come as no surprise though that uh, that Cage Match have already bumped that that uh, that six man tag about nine at the back? I think it's like nine at the moment. Is that a nine wow. rating? Yeah, but like the thing with the thing with Cage Match is that like it's a very specific kind of person. <laughs> very, that that's for true. That's for very true. Yeah. Uh, main event. I I actually ha actually have had the chance to watch the main event. Uh, first of all, props to Athena for coming out dressed like Bane. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so wrestling cool. heritage. Um, and <laughs> yes. I tell you what, this match was worthy of have being on the main event, if you ask me, because honestly, the build up to this has been nothing but fantastic. And mm -hmm. both mm -hmm. both women just put put all their uh, all of them out for this main event, and I really enjoyed it. Not the decision I think a lot of people were were hoping for, but I'm not disappointed. I would say that's the strength of the division, like being able to like build everyone up around you so your title feels more important and mm. impactful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whoever actually dethrones Athena will feel like a god. Yes. Please not Ronda Rousey. Please not Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Gotta be Willow, right? I'm pulling for Willow. I feel like it's kind. Of, I feel like it's kind of gotta be, unless they go like all in with um, Billy Starks on it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which might be the plan. Honestly, Is she, gonna... she got color. Like do like do like a like do like a free match series. Mm -hmm. Is she gonna mm -hmm. finish the story? Which honestly is a lot better than a fucking twelve match series. Like I like the. I, I'm gonna go ahead and fucking brag here for a second. As somebody who had an a, a series, a part of a series of matches in the history books of Ariel Express and uh, Arrogance, those were several series of matches to where people started noticing once the titles were on the line against the mask, I'm like, holy shit, this was long-form storytelling. We just did long-form storytelling <laughs> without shoving it down people's throats. So I want to see more of that, especially in the mainstream. And if they do 
a series of matches stretched out of the three, it's so much better. Way mm. much better. Mm. Much more satisfying. But how the- will they know storytelling's happening if the wrestlers in the ring and the commentators aren't all saying it at the same time? <laughs> and mentioning that they're best friends for some reason? And it's, yes. It's cinema. <laughs> 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 I can I cannot express enough how Shawn Michaels talking in ring once irreparably damaged the business. Yeah. I'm sorry. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> olive juice. God <laughs> oh, damn! I hate that fucking moment so much. Yes. I'm going on record. Saying it. I hate it so much. It's when it happened. I'm like, that was fucking stupid. And like, just do it. Like, show the emotion in your eyes. Don't do the final line. Oh, God. Okay, let's move on. I'm sounding bitter and old. <laughs> apparently, we'll apparently, about, uh, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Apparently, when Dino meets Shawn Michaels in the ring, he's definitely not going to say, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> I'm going to look him right in the eye and just tell him, you know what, you shouldn't have said that. And not not alliterate anyway, like not elaborate or anything whatsoever. And it's like, you shouldn't have said that. And then just walk away. What the hell was that about? You know, you'll be all. <laughs> <laughs> it. Oh gosh, as you were, Abdos. Sorry. I was just gonna say, second rope, Kreutz Wrath from Athena, and that electric chair Ooh, driver so onto the cool. apron. Yes. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, that was such a good spot, and it could have gone one or two way. It could have gone horribly, and I'm so glad right. it didn't. Shout out to Billy Starks, though, for protecting her neck as she was going down. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have not seen the match yet, but I will say, uh, Billy Starks, fellow Hoosier, so I gotta, you know, <laughs> I appreciate the representation yeah. in a t- uh, big title fight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that's dope. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But yeah, I think you are right on the money there, Andos, that it was TakeOver Final Battle. Um... Dude, I don't want to interrupt you, but there's a spot where Shane oh, Taylor hits Keith Lee with a oh, gosh, top yes! Canadian Destroyer oh, and kicks out. And I was like, what the fuck? Yes, yes, I think that's the reason why... <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> I think that's, apparently that's why people think the match absolutely sucked, but you know... But I look. I'm. I, I suffer from a condition that Nakey Jakey said he has called Goopy Goblin Gamer Brain. And um, anytime I see big explosions or something like that, my brain goes fuck. It's so many words. <laughs> Honestly, that yes, that spot yes was amazing. But no, as you said, have you right? It is pretty much. It was pretty much takeover in Ring of Honor, and. Um, I wonder if a lot of that is just in regards to well, what the planning out is in regards to sort of news coming out uh, that um, WWE is courting Warner Brothers Discovery. Oh no! Yeah. God. So yeah. yeah. So they've been uh, they've been schmoozing, chatting. the The word around is that um, WWE are trying to see if they can get a TV deal from Warner Brothers, and if it does go ahead. The supposed plan from a lot of people says that WWE programming will be on T- uh, TBS and TNT, and AEW will be demoted to the Discovery Channel. Wow, <laughs> that is. Mm. I I have so many thoughts, none of them good, and I feel like I have to move on because this is like 
it's Christmas time. I can't be. I can't feel like this. I better not tell. Grid. It's like it's like staring into the capitalist abyss. It really. I is. was going to say it doesn't help. Then <laughs> if I tell Reason that the that the head person who's kind of been schmoozing and courting them has been CM Punk. Oh, yeah. I we need to move because, on. Because do, 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 do the thing with this is, and this will be the thing I'll say before we move we move on from this. Um, it's hilarious to me because of all the all like those certain type of wrestling fans being like, oh look, like they they want to be involved in this. But I'm like, think about this for a second. Two companies you've pitched at rivals being basically operated by the same larger conglomerate company company. <laughs> Like, shouldn't that be your point to realize that all of this is fake? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 none of this matters in the end. It doesn't matter who you support. There's a bigger company at hand that have having a role in this. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember, everybody, oh, open your though. eyes, sheeple. <laughs> Remember, everybody. all I'm going to say is, if you're rooting for a, if you're rooting for a monopoly in professional wrestling. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, because we've you. already. Yeah, that's literally the seek help. Fucking let him know. Hey, that's why things like the current uh, UFC antitrust lawsuit are actually making me like very optimistic. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, that is going. Yeah, there's an antitrust lawsuit against UFC for their business practices. Oh, about time, Jesus Christ! You're welcome. Wow, because because it was about it was about um basically them saying that they absorb the entire market share so that like they literally just out compete anyone else trying to get into the uh the mma fight promoting business i mean and that's why they like they were like aggressive against was it was it pfl i think it was pfl pfl most recently but bellator, i mean yeah, they, they've done it to bellator for the longest time but Bellator well, yeah, was also just PFL... the impact wrestling of UFC. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> P PFL were trying to, like, start promoting more fights in the US or something like that. And then, like, literally UFC were just, like, basically going to venues. Like, if you allow them to do a show, we will never come back to this state. <laughs> and all I'll say is this. Francis Ngannou is still one of the smartest mixed martial artists that's ever lived. Oh, yeah. Bro, bro got his money. Like... That's all. That's all. That, he got his money. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. I guess should we? Should we move on? Should we because other news move really on? Is pretty much just CM Punk being happy and CM Punk trying to take over <laughs> NXT. It's pretty much the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm. what honest? We 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 talked enough about CM Punk. I don't want to talk more about CM Punk in the news. We're moving the only, on. The, the only the only other thing was, that was the. Punk. Yeah, the only other real major thing was the United Japan Pro Wrestling Industry Group. Oh gosh, yes, yes. Which is, but but basically the essence of it is is that the nine largest promotions in Japan freedoms have been robbed. By the way, yes, um, thank you. Um, have agreed to join together as like an industry group, which is basically just about like promoting Japanese wrestling and its place in the the cultural sphere of japan yeah mm -hmm. so basically it's just nine large companies owned by umbrella companies being like we would like to secure our place in the market i believe it's uh njpw 
All Japan, Noah, DDT, yeah. Gumbade, Big Japan, Dragon Gate, Stardom, and TJ... TJPW. Yeah. TJPW. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's the same as, like, any other industry group. They talk about their business, about how to promote it, how to make it more relevant, how to keep up with the times, and how they can make more money. <laughs> but are the Yakuza involved? That's my real question. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Direct, directly, no. Through some kind of broad shell company, one billion percent. All I'm saying is that the head of the group was dressed in a white suit and a red shirt. And he did enter the meeting like this. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so I'm just saying we don't know for certain. <laughs> Given the we don't know for episode, certain. This will not be the last time we mentioned the yakuza. Yeah. No. <laughs> Can true. you believe it? Can you believe that that may be the case? <laughs> uh with that, then I guess we are done with the news. We are heading over to recommendation yes. corner. For the third week in a row, we are going to be talking about Godzilla minus one and Scott Pilgrim. But we also do we also do have another recommendation? Uh, really, do you want to start with that first, or should we talk about Godzilla minus one? Yeah, we're going to start off with the recommendation first. First off, um, guys, how do we feel about Taylor Swift? I don't give a fuck. Mixed, indifferent, Mixed. She's and it's not because old. I just don't care because her fan base has gone so out of control that yeah, I don't yeah. like it. That's I don't sure. fucking like that. it. I am scared. Well, hey, no, actually... uh, just sorry, just real quick, do you know? In case you're interested, there is a uh, there is a charity uh, Scar compilation cover album of Taylor Swift songs. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh. In case well, you're you interested. Excellent. Well, you guys are in luck because I am recommending Alexander Aviella's. I I'm probably butchered that. Um, that surname, I apologize. Uh, YouTube video about Taylor Swift titled, This video isn't just about Taylor Swift, it's about you. <laughs> Talking about the entire history of Taylor Swift, her public persona, Christ. A, little bit of pa a little bit about capitalism, and all the other stuff. It's, it goes through a lot. It's a long, long video essay. It's also one of the best video essays I have seen all year. A really fascinating, even-handed look on Taylor Swift and her career and her place in pop culture as being the biggest star in the world, or at least the one with with a shocking amount of power, which this which um, this video goes through. This is highly recommended. Highly, highly recommended. I was going to say, but well, clearly, Ridden, you've not watched Andos' Battle but... Arts video, or you've not watched Squills and Oki versus Saito video. Take plug! Well, well there you go. <laughs> there, we, we plug yeah. that also. But however, as big as my recommendation is, it's not as big as Godzilla Minus One, which is a goddamn masterpiece. You're Some... damn right. You damn right. I told um, you. Yes, you did tell me I wasn't prepared for this prestige Japanese period peace movie and then Godzilla shows up. <laughs> I am I knew that's way. very much the greatest description of it ever because I knew going in, I'm like, okay, it's a Godzilla movie. I'm like, oh shit, it's really historical and everything. This is great. And then, oh yeah, I'm here to see Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is an absolute masterpiece that may 
that made me that made me cry at the end and is for the first time in a long time made me shit scared of Godzilla. Mm. Like, I mean, did you I, watch Shin Godzilla? Yes, I watched Shin Godzilla. When the he fires up the atomic breath in Shin Godzilla, like <laughs> I was scared shitless. Dude, <laughs> when he hits the atomic breath in this movie, like your heart stops. Yeah, like it is. It is one of the most horrifying things I have seen all year. Genuinely, gen genuinely, like. Like I, I, I've made this joke to other people that whenever, like, when, whenever the Godzilla theme shows up in any Godzilla movie, I'm like, yes, Godzilla. <laughs> uh, when this movie, when it shows up, it's no, 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 God. I was oh, gonna God, say, yeah, when you, when you, terrifying. when you posted this, Reardon, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to see this next week and be prepared <laughs> yeah, for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is an absolutely harrowing, and yet. Perhaps one of the single most optimistic movies about the human spirit and and human life I have seen all year. It will. Dude, make... I was crying. Yeah, it has it that will, power. It will make perfect sense. You're Highly recommended. I will mm -hmm. be watching it again, probably with Sam. Go see it. Watch <laughs> it in IMAX or for the X. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I will have to watch it in IMAX because I didn't watch it in IMAX um, this time. I will probably watch it in IMAX again. Okay, it's gorgeous. Okay, uh, add Scott Pilgrim. I guess we're talking. We'll, we'll head on over to Addos to talk a bit more about <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, how do we feel about 2003 graphic novel multimedia conglomerate? Not conglomerate, but multimedia project Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It has never missed. It's never missed. Never. It's not There's not one piece of that of that conglomerate that is bad. It's incredible. It's been mentioned once or twice. <laughs> once or twice. It's okay, right? I think it's pretty okay. Um, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off. Um, it's funny because after that first episode, it gives you like, I have no idea where this is going. But not in the way of like, oh my god, this ruined the entire series, but in terms of like, I genuinely want to know what happens next. Mm. And, like, everything from the soundtrack from Anamanaguchi, which I feel fine is still in my head after watching that series, mm -hmm. to the voice acting, to just the way that they put the perspective on Ramona and give her closure with her evil exes speaks so true to the ethos of the series in general. Yeah. And it makes you appreciate everything about the graphic novel, the film, the game so much more. And let's just say this won't be the last time I talk about Scott Pilgrim. Ooh, spoilers. Oh, my. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all righty then. Let us get on to the main portion of this episode. It's something that I have been talking about and teasing with you lot here for the longest time. Ah. Oh, Dare I say, not episode, but more of like a therapy session about Nobuhiko Takata. God damn it, Melee. <laughs> God damn it, Melee, you felt. Link. No, um... <laughs> anyway, yes, Nobuhiko Takata. What is the first image that comes up into your brain when I mention that man's name? And we'll start with, we'll start with Squill. My image is the world's greatest heel hook that he hit on Mark Coleman, <laughs> and 
It was very real and very painful, and he had the tap. That's what comes into my mind when you say Nobuhiko Takata. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. And those. Uh, scuttling on your back against Mirko Krokop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dino. Full questionable garb of being an evil dictator of a monster army. Uh, coming out to a very operatic and chorus-filled version of Pomp and Circumstance. Uh, smoking a Slim Jim, but it was a cigar. But it just looked like a Slim Jim, because fat guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> Melee. Well, you see, I actually know nothing about him or what we're going to talk about. So I'll just simply say Alicia Fox and Michelle McCool versus Gail Kink and Melinda on SmackDown on May the 15th, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Best, best one we've got so far. He's, he's, he's cooking. He's definitely cooking. He's definitely cooking. Dan. Okay. These guys will know what I mean. But that incredibly specific shade of pink slash purple. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I have a picture of him in that. Oh, my goodness. Every time you say his name, I think of that colour. <laughs> you know what? No, like, literally, same. Same. I was going to say, that and being absolutely pancaked by Vader. That's my other image that comes from, that comes into my... Oh, yeah, that's right. Um... Reardon, now, you as the person, well, minor, well, except Melee, as the person mm -hmm. who had very little to no information before this about Nobuhiko Takada, I gave you a whole bunch of text and videos to watch on Takada. One of them, funnily enough, being made by the person who, one of these people that are in the call right now. Um, oh, who could that be? <laughs> it was Melee <laughs> Hellbot, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, Melee. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. From your, so, so from what I grabbed from you, what are your feelings, like, opening, like, Gambit, I guess, on Nobuhiko Takada? My opening Gambit on it was, where did this come from? <laughs> like, like, when you're, like, I watched, like, a great, great, great work, by the way, on the uh, documentary between him and, uh, and Super Vader, or just Vader. I, very good work, honestly, really. Yeah. Had a, had a literally was very as interesting, but to go from that to hustle, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, I have missed some information. <laughs> what happened in that decade <laughs> in between? A lot because is the answer. The, what the hell? <laughs> well, we will discuss a little bit about it, Reardon, uh, but I guess I should open up with a little bit of backstory, kind of like early stuff, before we get into the main topics of discussion. So Nobuhiko Takada was born in 1962. He's best known as an actor, writer, retired professional wrestler, and maybe, maybe not semi-retired mixed martial artist. Alleged mixed martial artist. Alleged. Alleged. At the very least. He was trained by Yoshiaki Fujiwara, Carl Gotch, Gatetsu Yamamoto, and Antonio Inoki. Are those are also all accompanied by an allegedly. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on, what do you mean accompanied by an allegedly? 
because I, I if, if you watch, watching Nobuhiko Takada <laughs> gives you the impression that maybe not all of those names are not necessarily true. <laughs> I do have a factual account of Nobuhiko Takada's past, which is actually that there were two moons that crashed into Earth during prehistoric times, one of which carried yes. Nobuhiko Takada, <laughs> yes, this... one of which carried Antonio Inoki, <laughs> and they were fated to do battle as the two Omnicarnies. <laughs> Absolutely. So it doesn't come as much of a surprise, really, to know that Takada... Well, Anoki had a profound effect on Takada's life. <laughs> yeah, huh? If you didn't know. That he saw what Antonio Anoki was doing and go and went, I can out Carney him. Right. <laughs> Which like you got you got a picture, right? At this point in like Japanese wrestling history, to to for us to be there and be like he was able to out Carney someone is like impressive. <laughs> Even by our British standards. <laughs> and I would argue that we we possibly, at, at, at a point in time, perfected the art. No, it's true. This is true. Including, but not limited to, just straight up lying about the card. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this is true. To go over some of his early career stuff, he was trained in the New Japan Dojo under Fujiwara's tutelage, would make his debut in 1981, and as is customary for most young lions, he did the jobber kind of thing for a good year and a bit. Occasionally scoring victories, one of the most notable ones was against Kazuo Yamazaki. So that's so much is that it was so well received by TV audiences that he ended up starting becoming more and more, getting more and more up in the card because of that match. So much so, he was appointed as Anoki's personal assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I was gonna... what do you reckon being an Oki's PA entailed? <laughs> Grabbing more red towels, being slapped in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually find and, and, and being uh, subjected for an hour and a half by saying that he was the one that won over the Ali and Oki <laughs> He also, during his Japanese tours when he would go over, he was also assistant for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Oh, that Sadly, everyone uh, was. Interesting uh, choice. <laughs> well, you know, suffer Takata. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they brought him in on Hustle? Yes. It's because Generalissimo Takata had told us this. I'm like, don't ever say that again, you fuck. <laughs> what you gonna slam that when Nagaki Baro, brother? What you gonna do with me and Hano Gang run wild out of you? <laughs> <laughs> Hogan, Hogan, Hogan in Hustle, like I, I, the the politicking would go insane. Mm -hmm. He would never. I refuse put... to go over on Akibono. Yeah, he like... would never have gone over. He would never have put Bob Sapp over. Big, big, <laughs> big bird, Generalissimo Takada. <laughs> oh gosh. So all of that being said, he also took. Uh, he also went over to Stampede Wrestling. He was where he did end up having quite a popular run during his, his excursion into Canada. He also was part of the 1984 WWF Junior Heavyweight Championship League, where he faced against he faced up against wrestlers such as Bret Hart, Dynamite Kid, and Davy Boy Smith. He stayed with New Japan all the way up until April of 1984, where Yoshiaki Fujiwara invited him to join his new promotion. The Universal Wrestling Federation. And this is where we're going to start chatting and riffing about 
Yeah. Nobuhiko yeah. Takada's shoot fighting career. Oh boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> it all begins in the Universal Wrestling Federation. Um, and, well, I don't know. I mean, I went back to watch a few of these things, and I will say this. There's nothing really kind of like it's substantial there to write home about like he didn't have that much of a kind of a, his original one wasn't that long at all was it Mm-mm. it was that wasn't it like a i think squill could confirm this for me but wasn't it about like a, a just over a year that he was there in uwf yeah i mean the promotion itself didn't last that long at all mm. he was maybe yeah. there for a year <laughs> and true promotion really, named uwf historic- style his work in UWF, he is very much just a Noki cosplayer at that point. Yes. He had mm-hmm. fully developed into, like, I don't know, anything of a note. Because <laughs> there are a lot of guys in the original UWF run that are just, like, corpses that are there to wear black trunks and then get their head stomped yeah. in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the only thing I can think of note was uh, the match he had with Satoru Sayama, or Super Tiger as he was known uh, uh, in the UWF. He actually won against Super Tiger via ref stoppage, if memory serves me correct. What, did he kick him in the dick? I was going to say, he must have done, because I can't, see Satoru, City. I can't see Satoru Sayama uh, like, losing against... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's went why. Business for himself, brother. I was say, that's, maybe that's why Sayama went after UWF. Went fuck this. I'm I'm running my own shoot company. New martial arts, <laughs> as we covered in my episode. Exactly. Such a base name. Ah, <laughs> uh, so he would return to New Japan in '86, uh, where it was the kind of the precursor to, I guess, um, the big the big invasion angle that would happen soon enough, where they had former UWF wrestlers invade the promotion with Takada and Akira Maeda as the like the twin the co-leaders of this invasion. Um again not much really happened on this one that I can really kind of give you any sort of like big like oh this was so flipping like uh, uh instrumental and, and revolutionary for the whole thing but it was like he he had a couple of matches here and there. He he captured the vacant. He was in fact one of the people. He did capture the <laughs> vacant tag team champ uh, IWGP vacant tag t- championships. Um, I think he would. Uh, if memory serves me correct, he faced off against a team that did have Keiji Muto in. I can't remember who they who who was his partner, but he did have a match <clears throat> match for that. Um, yeah, he ended up. I already I already know Keiji Muto was planning <laughs> the business moves. <laughs> well in advance <laughs> but i want to get more now as we go into this i want to get into uwfi so uwf is uh is comes back under a new title of uwf uh, newborn um and this is where they start really bringing in a lot more um talent from outside of professional wrestling into into this promotion if memory serves me correct he ended up <laughs> He had an exhibition match, I believe, with a Greco-Roman wrestling champion. Uh, yes, he did. Interesting choice. Uh, if it's mm-hmm. Dwayne Koloski, I believe it was, or was it Dennis Koloski? De- Dennis. Dennis, that's the one, yeah. He ended mm-hmm. up having a match against him and winning. 
<laughs> Again, this man is so carny, it's unbelievable. <laughs> One thing I will say about Nobuhiko Takada in UWFI is that, as we said, this man is a huge fan of Antonio Inoki. Yes. But instead of, like, being Antonio Inoki in terms of, like, I'm going to push wrestling as a legitimate combat sport, it's how many white boys can I defeat and get the bag? And this is why I'm so are you are you are you saying are you saying Nobuhiko Takada was doing the white boy challenge? Oh God, he was white boy challenging on Gary Albright, white boy challenging on Dan Severn. He was crazy. This is this when is talk about the carny thing of having to go over. Like if you just like <laughs> if you look at uh, Takada's MMA career, and then you look at Gary Albright and him doing the white boy challenge and defeating Gary Albright. <laughs> you just think about if Gary actually wanted to hurt Takada, he what would happen? Could. He absolutely well, yeah, would. No, yeah. this, is, this, is, this, is the, this is the thing about it, and, like, like I, it will be one of the it will be one of the big points as we get later on, <laughs> which is that with Nobuhiko Takada, that man's ego was far beyond his station. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. And this is why he. But ends- like, mm-hmm. but like, to and to a frankly egregious degree. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I'll trust me. We will get into it as we hit the mid nineties. But we're not there. Yeah. Yet. Gary, Gary, or Gary Albright is throwing that is throwing that man around like a Rottweiler being given a mini <laughs> tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh man! That, no, you're right. You're right. So. With all that being said, talking and teasing, as you say, about his ego, he would go off, after Uf- UWF Newborn was shut, he would go on to form the Union of Wrestling Forces International, or UWFI, using a whole, bringing a whole bunch of former UWF wrestlers with him, while others went off to form their own promotions. If, in fact, Maeda formed uh, Fighting Network Rings, Fujiwara, uh, Fujiwara formed uh, Fujiwara Gumi, and of course, I said Sayama formed Shuto as well. Mm. And of course, uh, Minoru Suzuki would go on to form Pancrase as well. If you want to hear more about that, go what, listen to our episode where yes. we had Squillin talking about the, the MMA puro boom of the 90s. The whole Charlie. <laughs> Shout out Shuto, by the way. Going. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's insane to me is a lot of those organizations, Shuto and Pancrase, still fucking like Pancrase has their next event next week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they get yeah. going. Yeah. Well, around. Still going. Underrated belt, by the way. The King of Pancrase oh, yeah. belt. Yes. I love that belt so much. It's so simplistic and yet it's fucking gorgeous. And it always <laughs> looked really freaking good on Bars Rutten and Suzuki, especially. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Mello. <laughs> you, I wonder why we're being so fucking much. We're getting some fantastic photos in the chat. Oh. This, the is why, figure. this is why we wanted well, we wanted Mele on for this episode, because we know that you guys would be laughing for no reason other than Mele in the, the chat. Bits go, the bits go crazy. <laughs> so, yes, mm-hmm. Takada's time in UWFI can literally be summed in White Boy Challenge. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> the original White Boy Challenge. He would ask people in Japanese, are you down with the brown? So, <laughs> so if, if <laughs> Then he said, said, give me the biggest white boy of all. Big Van Vader. And then the came Vader. If memory serves me correct, his first challenge from, from, a, from a foreigner or a gaijin was Bob Backland. Mm, Which is an interesting choice. Goat. 
He ended up facing him, I believe, and it was like two, like a pair of like matches that were highly publicized in Japan and on mm-hmm. in, in in magazines and and te- and television. But if memory serves me correct, it was the first one that ended up being really controversial, as that he ended the belt. I think about a minute in to a, like a like a like a jumping in Zaguri to Backland, and it almost caused a riot because Backland <laughs> lost. <laughs> Now God, really? the the, fan, the fans just saw it and just went, "Nah, my immersion has been killed here." <laughs> Literally unwatchable. So it turns out as well when like later on when Backlund was actually talking about this match, it wasn't actually pre-planned. It was actually a leg- an accidental knockout. <laughs> oh, he did a low key. <laughs> yeah, he did a low key. <laughs> My move. <laughs> so, yeah, what is it with this this era? There's so many accidental knockouts or purposeful dick kicks. Like people are just throwing fucking knockout blows uh, in this decade of Puro. You know what it is? It's because everyone Honestly. was wearing the Asami kick pad, so naturally they thought if we wear these, we oh we're never gonna knock out anyone. Wrong. But they God do damn. match with my trunks, so you know I'll either go purple, pink, or orange. <laughs> I need to fucking get these purple ones. <laughs> <laughs> Look, shout out to Pancrase because they literally got the assignment right with like the trunks and the kick pads with the matching knee pads. I just I love that look. Oh, yeah. It's a timeless oh, yeah. look. I love it's it. Great. It's, it's great. great. They do, yeah, it's great. It's more pro. It's strange though because they go for so many leg locks. But some of the legs locks they're going for straight up do not work when you're wearing <laughs> kick pads. So it leaves yeah. me confused. <laughs> much on the bone structure Just the trust leg. the process. That's not how this works. What are you doing? Yeah. You're literally stuffing a pillow under someone's neck. See, like... this, this is why Baz Rutten went to the kick pads. Uh, he migrated over to them because, remember, he started off wearing his boxer shorts and like a pair of sneakers. <laughs> yep. I will never forget Buzz Bruton's pink turned inside out boxer shorts. Those fucking shorts. Oh what is this? Those are not those are not traditional fighting trunks. Ah, uh, so Takada being Takada, as we've talked about, the most notable, I guess, infamous thing, and his love of Antonio Minoki meant that he himself had to do a wrestling versus boxing match and he had the perfect opportunity to do it in his own company when he put himself in a fight against then boxing champion trevor burbick wow <laughs> I know, it doesn't it doesn't really have the same feeling as antonio inoki versus muhammad ali <laughs> no true but i mean true. i mean if he tried to fight mike tyson the equivalent he'd die so <laughs> yeah very true I At least get Mike Mike Tyson is turning his ribcage into dust. Yeah, <laughs> that that fight does end with him shoot kicking uh, Trevor Burbick right with like, yes. a head kick. So what happens is that it's not it's not known if Takada actually told Burbick whether it was a work or a shoot, but what we do know for certain is that Burbick was not realizing that he that Takada was shoot kicking him with low leg kicks. He immediately protests 10 seconds into the match, believing that the kick was under the waist was illegal. Uh, even though Takada kept kicking him in the legs, Burbeck finally had enough and fucking walked out of the ring and the <laughs> arena. I, I won't go into it here. 
but if anybody knows anything about what Trevor Burbeck would go on to do in his life, you will not feel sorry for him for getting yeah. his legs terrorized. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that guy had a... Uh, ho! That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> who? Um, I also just like the idea of... He said, stop kicking me with the low kick, so Takata kicked him in the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh. I hear you, but have you considered head kick? <laughs> oh, sorry, you want him to stop going low? Alright, don't worry about it. Just kicks him in the side of the head. <laughs> I'll give a oh, the boxing glove will be alright. I'll protect you enough. Come on, come on, come on. Alright, we're talking I'll about. protect your head with my foot. <laughs> yes, let's talk about Gary Albright and Super Vader. Quite honestly, I think two of his best rivalries in UWFI. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're not too bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is one person here who made an entire video talking about the trilogy of matches he had against Vader. But you know, I mean, you know, Alicia Fox. Fine. I was gonna say yes. It's Nobuhiko Takada took on Alicia Fox. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which resulted in the shoot kick to the eye socket. <laughs> no, I love these matches because again, it's it's the white boy challenge bumped up to eleven when you realise that Takada right. is is outmatched, outweighed, uh, and is being thrown around like a ragdoll. But somehow, but is protect, but is protected by some of the greatest politicking in the industry. <laughs> right, like that's the thing though. Like here's the thing I'm going to say about Nobuhiko Takada. Like his his presentation and like production and how he sets this match up, second to none. Because it makes you feel like this is the biggest fight that could possibly happen. It's that Inoki ethic, right? About presentation. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fucking those, that old school of uh, Japanese wrestlers, promoters specifically, were amazing at uh, mm -hmm. production. When you look at those shows in the 80s and 90s, like fucking AEW looks like shit compared to what those guys were doing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's like, it's like, the, it's like the thing which I think a lot of even just wrestlers now, let alone companies, are forgetting about the thing of which is literally just if you make yourself appear important, people will take you to be important. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Talking of how looking important in the presentation, I believe this was around the time, 92, where Lou Fez actually uh, awarded Takada with the old NWA Heavyweight Championship. And the balls on this man, Takada, to oh then God. proclaim himself mm -hmm. as the real World Heavyweight Champion. It's so funny. <laughs> real. It, 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 it is genuinely like the spirit of... Is He became a combined spirit of like all the carnies past like the spiritual successor son <laughs> like, maybe nobody avatar. has ever surpassed him since after that peak moment Indeed. just being there just being i am the real world <laughs> wrestling champion <laughs> real uh, and then every time he says real just imagine him uh getting beaten up by uh mirko crow cup <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh boy. The, the, and, and this and this is and this is one of the things I again I would say about Nobuhiko Takada, which is that so many of the things he does seem completely unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> there is no yeah. need for him to make this sentence to make this statement. <laughs> yes. Very true. Very true. Um. 
If you go out of your way to watch any sort of stuff from UWFI or Takada's matches, I always recommend going for those matches with Vader and Albright because they are so much 100%. fun to watch. What I love about them is that Albright, you know, I, I believe, he, was he an Olympic-level wrestler or just college? I believe he I was, think. yeah. Olympic, Olympic. Yeah. okay. So was he... he, in short, he knows what the fuck he's doing on the mat, and it's it's beautiful, and even though he's a big man with a lot of power, he still has, like, just a great technique. Vader is just out there throwing bombs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Vader belongs... Vader's out there doing Vader things. Yes. Well, because Vader yeah. belongs in, like, a shoot-style environment. Like, I belong in, like, an Olympic ice skating rink. <laughs> but he's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna go out there and throw hands. And it's basically what Tank Abbott did in actual MMA. That's what he's doing in shoot-style, and it's great. Yeah, no, I did really enjoy watching him because he's like, okay, he's not exactly the most technical guy. But the man's Vader. What does he? Yeah. What does him and technicality have to do with each other? It doesn't matter. Like Vader is the example of the only way I can describe it is just like no vibes, only hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hand. yeah. Like bro, just, just goes out there and swings, and it's equally threatening to like as, like, the greatest fighter you could have ever seen. Yeah. The man fights, exactly. like, how a bear fights. Exactly. Especially in Japan, too, because, like, when I was doing my Takata Vader video, I really got into seeing Vader in, like, all Japan and all different types of places in Japan. It's like, dude, he's yeah. hits different. Vader in Japan just they, hits they, different. He, yep. it, literally, he just goes. He's just, he's just out there just being like, nah, you taking this hand. Be, be am, ready for it. I am suplexing you on your neck. There is <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Something I do, it's one, the only downside of uh, those matches, and it's just a general thing you see in wrestling, is when wrestlers <laughs> pretend to box, um, but they're clearly not throwing any of their body weight in it, and, like, Vader, like, starts, like, acting like he's gonna throw a one-two combo, and it's just the silliest thing to watch him uh, try that. Shit, man. <laughs> Vader yeah. trying to box should be illegal. I want that man to go out there and just swing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Say what you will about the the untrained uh, style of Vader. They're still better than Shane McMahon's shitty little punches. This is, this is oh, true. Yeah. true. This is absolutely <laughs> true. Well, also, I can, actually, also, I can confirm Gary Albright was in the US Olympic wrestling team from 1981 yeah, to 1984. With the flow of those suplexes, I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> Speaking of Gary Albright, one last thing I'll say about Gary Albright, best member of the bloodline. <laughs> I don't know I don't know where his kids are today, but if they're they're half Samoan and half Gary Albright, they must oh, be fuck. like the most the most biggest, strongest people on earth. That's honestly that's like the that's like the amateur wrestling equivalent of like an ICBM. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so come 1996, Takada ends up having a match defeating Yoji Anjo in the in in the Tokyo Meiji Jingu Stadium. And it's suddenly the UWFI is folded after the UWFI war feud. And then eventually Kingdom Pro Wrestling takes its place, where Takada only participates in one of its events because he has bigger, bigger ambitions at hand. Leads us to 1997, and it leads us to Nobuhiko Takada calling out the Gracie family. Most notably, Hicks and Gracie. 
<laughs> let me just get let me just get a quick fuck the Gracies in here, please. Thank you. Count of three. One, two, three. Fuck the Gracies. Shit. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we're all in agreement about that. No. But um Nobuhiko Nakata starts calling out Hickson to say that he thinks he can genuinely defeat him in a genuine shoot fight. And uh, th- I guess this is what happens when you've got a Nokia of the brain at this point. <laughs> but this this is the thing though. It's like he has he has the, the he has the the brain of a Nokia, but only part of the brain, not the rest of it. So basically, he's the Sid Vicious <laughs> of Japan. <laughs> oh my god, that's a sentence. Like the, he doesn't, for lack of a better term, like just as a fighter, he doesn't have that dog in him. Because like when <laughs> this is so did, true. When Inoki did all the shoot exhibitions, like I know it wasn't you know MMA as we see it now, but it was about the closest thing they had then. And Inoki would go out there and he'd try to fucking take chunks out of people and wrestle and shit. Takata, when he goes into his fights, he looks like he's expecting them to just let him like finger poke yes! and them, and they'll just like die. <laughs> <laughs> so the longest time. Takada has been calling out Gracie, so much so that even some of Takada's own students have been calling out Gracie. Oh, this leads us to, oh, here the, we go. to the situation where Yoji Anjo flies himself all the way to Hickson Gracie's <laughs> dojo, calls out Hickson for a no-holds-barred <laughs> fight. He even brings Japanese press with him to document yep. the event. Hickson agrees to fight Anjo on the proviso that they don't film anything of the said fight. He agrees, and they have that fight. And I don't know if anyone's going to post the picture, but Yoji, but it's clear to know that Hickson Gracie absolutely made burger meat out of Yoji Anjo's face. Ah, uh, the hubris. <laughs> it's the hu- and this this is this is literally it. The this is like. Greek theater levels of hubris. Because <laughs> I think he was just an impressionable young lad who Takata just said, like, yeah, you can go fight. You can go fight Exxon. Yeah, no, this is so this is this is so this was the thing we said about Inoki before, right? I think we said this in the shoot start episode. But it's literally people being taught by like, you know, Gotch and everything and being like taught actual like grappling. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. progressing on, and then being taught by someone who was taught by that person. <laughs> oh yeah. And then them basically being like, "Yeah, I have the skills of I have the skills of all the people that taught me." When very clearly they've been in very different situations and not tested. And so he's like, "Well, I'm the student of Inoki, who's the student of Gotch, so I'm sure I'm pretty much good enough to go take this." <laughs> he was not. <laughs> nope. So and he had to fight the most jacked Gracie too. This no, that's yeah. the thing. This leads us then to October of '97 with the Japanese. <laughs> Thank you, market, this, With Japanese market realizing that they could make some sweet money out of this, they make an entire pay per view from Takada versus Gracie, and reared in this 
is the birth of Pride Fighting Championships. <laughs> <laughs> of which, but let's let's just let, let's just give it up for Pride real quick. What an absolute Ooh. Gonzo organization! Yeah, you like to say who funded the production of the Pride Fighting Championships? Listen, it's neither confirmed nor denied, and I've got to say for legal Allegedly. reasons, this is a joke. Allegedly. But it turns out that maybe, maybe the Yakuza were funding Pride. Again, I can, for legal reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> I cannot necessarily yes. confirm nor deny this statement. So, so it wasn't The Rock with $7? No, no it was not The Rock with $7. And no, it won't be A24 with The Rock portraying Mark Kerr that funded Pride. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but hey, at least A24 are giving us Death Stranding. But I digress. <laughs> hey, look, right, there's one, there's, one thing, there's one thing I can say about Pride at this point. Which is that the concept of a wellness policy did not exist. Simpler times. Exactly, exactly. So this fight goes exactly how you think about it. Um, but I will say this: Takada did have one good thing. He did stop the first takedown, but he did grab the ring ropes. Wrestling <laughs> 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 brain just kicked in. Because, yeah, I was going to say, the rule set of Pride did not allow rope breaks, unlike Pan Grace. It did not. No. So, uh, yeah, uh, Gracie scores the takedown, gets him in the mount, and uh, and sinks the armbar in at Kills. 2 minutes, 30 seconds to win the match. Uh, Takada performed poorly. He was considered at that time a, a, a comparable disappointment for Japanese audiences. I believe it was. I Carl, wonder why it was Carl Gotch that even said and commented that that is not the Takada I know. Now that all of that, Ooh. I would imagine being, I could imagine being so defeated by having Carl Gotch of all people telling you me that that's not the man I know. <laughs> he, was such a, he was such an old hater. I love, I love every quote from Carl Gotch. He's just oh yeah on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up having a second fight, I believe, with Hickson that kind of ended the same way, except that Takada, yeah. even though being trained a little bit more at this point, he did put up somewhat of a fight. <laughs> and with how it, it is, it is a fight. With how bad like the Gracie's stand up was, if he had like maybe gone to like a few kickboxing classes. He might have been able to do something on the feet, which is just sad. But then we never would have got Kazuchi Sakuraba. That's what you. That's and that's that and, that, and that's. Yeah. And I like the reality we live in, where we had Sakuraba being the Gracie killer. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so let's talk about the obviously the greatest moment of Takada's Pride career. His victory. His victory win against Mark Coleman at Pride Five. <laughs> Oh my god. Can I can, can I please stick to Yes. If we were doing this on video, um uh, I would like I would have liked an editor to stick up a graphic of victory in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just gonna tap oh, I was just gonna tap in uh uh, with you and me here as the the grappling boys about the, yes. the pure the pure beauty of that heel hook. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 is in fact something which broadly resembles a heel hook. <laughs> like when a heel hook is locked in in modern MMA, people tap immediately because they don't want their ligaments damaged. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure I could just stand up out of it. It's so loose. 
<laughs> it's, it is it is a heel hook in the same way that like technically in in nature wise like a hippo and a horse are kind of related <laughs> like there's definitely parts of it that i look like and i'm like yeah that's a heel hook but i look at that and i'm like one rotation and that's coming loose. <laughs> Some of the fight is it's like it's a few minutes of prone sweating, and then uh, Coleman rolls over and gets heel hooked. Yes, that, that's that's right. pretty much it. And dose, well, you, well, and you, did, you need to get this off your chest, don't you? <laughs> okay, I gotta get this off my chest because I just recently rewatched it, and it is such an obvious dive that even the announcers are like, "Pass guard, pass guard. Yeah. Why aren't you passing guard?" <laughs> <laughs> and immediately reverses it into a heel hook, and it's like, what? Boz what happened? So pissed. Yo, so pissed. Boz's commentary is so good in that because you can yeah. tell that he's like, oh for fuck's sake! It's like pass guard, pass guard. He's so pissed. <laughs> I believe it's I even sh- more entertaining than the fight itself. If memory serves me correct, I believe I linked this match to you, Reardon. Did you have the chance to watch it? Unfortunately not. Yeah, there we go. Oh there we go. There we go. Thank God for that. I can firmly say I have a better leg lock game than Nobuhiko Takana. <laughs> a fucking cat has Maybe. a better grip on someone's <laughs> leg than that. My like, cat has a better <laughs> Yeah, like, that. you could slip out of that. Come on. Like, congratulations. All of us on call have a better leg lock than Nobuhiko Takana. <laughs> <laughs> It's like genuine, genu- genuinely, he that makes me look like a god. Yeah. The thing is, <laughs> one I last think... thing too. Mark Coleman actually had an interview where he was like, "Yeah, the finish was a bit weird, wasn't it?" <laughs> I He's like, "That's all I'm gonna say because I don't want to get shot." <laughs> well, he kept it. It was it was kind of cheeky. I kind of appreciated it because instead of like. Like, he wasn't really defending himself. He was just kind of like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that is the look of a man. That man, that man, saw, that man saw, the, uh, saw the check at ringside and was like, yeah, don't worry, I, I can make this work. <laughs> don't worry Checking about that. the people with sunglasses and suits, you know, unnamed benefactors. <laughs> that is the look of a man well, who's a say hello to the pride management committee <laughs> oh that that picture of that heel hook that is the look of a man who's putting a heel hook on knowing that the dojima clan are looking down daggers at him <laughs> mm-hmm. it's okay um Col- coleman saw a very bright light in the crowd and was like okay all right, anyone need to do just a just a just a man in a kimono and sunglasses just shaking his head. <laughs> oh. Why is he wearing May sun- or may not have a back tattoo. Why is he wearing sunglasses yeah. indoors? Right? <laughs> is he blind? Like, nope, he's it's either everything. it's either a Yakuza boss or that's IWGP champion Masahiro Chono. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you repeat yourself. Again, I have to I, say, you saying Masahiro Chono, I feel like I would back Masahiro Chono in a shoot fight between him and Takata with how this match goes. Well, the issue is, it's like Takata clearly has some level of training in shoot fighting, but I think literally his ego is a hindrance because if he just tried to work, like, um, obviously Sakuraba is an amazing grappler, but a lot of Sakuraba's grappling is kind of basic for like a 
lack of a better word. Like he works yeah. low single, he works the Kimura. It's all really basic fundamental stuff. It's not hard to grasp. If Takata fought like a style that made sense, he could be like a probably could have been a mediocre fighter in Pride. Mm. But he's so incensed on this idea of him being a being a star that I think it gets his ass kicked. Yeah. No, but it's it's literally the thing with the Sakuraba match, which is that he just is he works simple and does what he knows. There is also part of it which is if you don't know what if you don't know the rules, then they can't affect you to it mm. with Sakuraba. Very true. Mm-hmm. But like, th- but like the thing is, is everything Sakuraba does is just tried and true. Yeah. But Takada goes in there and is like, it just tries to act like he is the greatest fighter in the universe, and that's just like the worst policy you can take. Yeah. Because like, as as I have said to school many times in our conversations about grappling, if if the if the if the world didn't want you to double wrist lock, he wouldn't have given you wrists. <laughs> There's a reason everyone loves it, and it's because it works. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are running a little strap for time, so I will go. I will. I will skim that past that and put a stamp on Pride for now. If you want to go and see the rest of his career, I encourage you to watch it because you'll become, don't. You'll no, become, don't. No, you no, can... no, no. I was going to say you do because you'll become a better MMA fighter because of it because you'll know not what to do in an MMA fight. <laughs> it's your coach going, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Especially us... the Crocop fight. Oh, the Crocop fight. That thing is the Crocop fight is a one. The only cro- arguably the only Crocop fight I enjoy more is that, that weird one he had with what who then became Alberto Del Rio. Yes. Oh, that's I, so and that's man. even and that's even funnier in retrospect knowing what happened afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. the parent yep. company of Pride <laughs> FC in the mid two thousands, Dream Stage Entertainment. LA. Oh, what has he done? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goddamn. Right. So, mid-2000s, the parent company of Pride, Dream Stage, not the Yakuza, decide to partner up with Pro Wrestling Zero One to form their own pro wrestling promotion known as Hustle. And who was the main uh, guy, in on-screen main guy slash villain of the whole thing? Yes, Generalissimo Takada. A.K.A. Uh, the greatest M. Bison cosplayer you've ever seen. It's incredible. Yes. He would form his you, own faction known as the Monster Army. Yes! Yeah. Now, I have a question for you guys. Why Why the switch? What happened? Why not? Okay, here's, here's, what, here's my thought, right? Mm-hmm. My we thought is that track. he went so deep into shoot style. Yes. It went so bad that he just decided he had to go not 180, but like 540. That's exactly mm. what I was gonna say. Things went things went so bad going shoot that he was like, no, we need to go insane. <laughs> well, quite po- quite possibly his excursion in Pride was his Joker moment. Yes. Yes, I could see that. Yeah, his Joker sting moment? <laughs> no, just straight Joker moment. <laughs> but no, if you ever needed to know any more about what Takada was like in Hustle, pretty much just type in uh, Hus- Takada Hustle, and you will see that that man, that man, was fucking nuts, and I can't help but fucking love him for 
<laughs> so i've said this i've said this before but do you privately but if i was like a billionaire like fucking if i was jeffrey bezos tomorrow i would just give like takata a billy and just see what he did with it yes i just it's yes. fascinating yeah oh no this is this is... before i found hustle i had spoken to like loads of people being like you know like this is what i would really like in the promotion and I found it in Hustle, and it is genuinely, like, something like that has its place in wrestling. I'm sorry, okay. I more love wrestling companies. More wrestling companies need to do shit like Frog Lesnar. Yes. yes. Oh, we, we Thank to, you! We can't forget, by the way, at the same time, though, we talk about how ridiculous Hustle was, but at the same time, New Japan was, like, running, like, the Makai Club arc, which is yes. literally in, in within the story... It is a cult that worships Anoki as a god. Yeah. So maybe just yep. there is like some funny cigarettes being passed around uh, to the <laughs> Japanese pro wrestlers in general. <laughs> is this basically the tame version of Anoki around this time? Because honestly, I think it's true. I think Takada was being more tame than Anoki was at the time. This is this is yeah. this is what I mean when I say at at times wrestling needs crack. <laughs> Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Well, I've always, I've always said with how much coke they were doing uh, in the U.S. in the '80s. Thank God it wasn't as prevalent uh, in Japan because, like, yes. Takada didn't need coke, and that's, that's what true. he no. was. If Takada he had, a had coke, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was gonna say, as as Dino said, no, Takada had the slim gym, and that's all we needed. I think if Takada had gotten coke, we would have been in year thirty of an of a civil war in Japan. For what reason? Who knows? Probably some reason. I think he would have truly believed that maybe I am the Geralissimo. <laughs> and everything would just snowballed from there. So, I am not going to go into great details about Hustle's history. What I want us to do now for the final like 10 or so minutes is just talk about some of our favorite hustle moments and people there. I'm okay. gonna start off. Can I can I can I can I please start? Can I please start? Can I start? May I start? Can, can I Okay, go go ahead. I'm gonna start with the debut show of Hustle and one of my favorite images of all time. Takada manages to coax or sorry, Dream Stage managed to coax Bill Goldberg into wrestling a match, and that gave us the best line anyone's ever said in a promo. I eat chicken! <laughs> also there's one more person but it's a specific person and i think no dan knows the person i'm talking about it was in that promotion but go on dan okay i have two i have two things one it's been beat to death at this point by uh, twitter accounts reposting it constantly first off kevin randleman mm. yes a1 yeah. like genuinely secretly had unreal pro wrestling aura yes second of all though the Hustle Cameron Rangers. Yes! I was going to mention them! Yes! Yes! I love them so much. And also, again, shout out Frog Lesnar, which is a man in a frog costume doing Brock Lesnar spots. <laughs> so, I will... Um, Reardon, if from, the, from the bits and pieces, the little bits and pieces you've seen of Hustle, what has been the thing that stands out the most? The... The one of the wrestlers giving birth to a sumo wrestler who then kills her. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I was going to say. Unreal moment. Which, and <clears throat> just I, I can still see it in my mind's eyes. Her look of just bleh. 
just just pure <laughs> dead eyed as this woman pretends to die in the ring. I and think I just point like, out, Hustle went on longer than the original UWF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yes. Oh, uh, um, Andos. <laughs> um. Somehow, the only time where Toshiaki Kawada faced Cactus Jack. Yes. Yes. Thank you. See this, but but this is Somehow. the thi- this is the thing, right? They they were able to get just the most random people, but it's like they were genuinely out there just having fun doing different yeah. stuff. <laughs> What's crazy about that is that it was only a few days before Cactus Jack Randy Orton. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was like what? I forgot. Yeah, because it was so close to that match at Backlash. He was the Forbidden Door to cut it this time. He really was. Because <laughs> you, you get like, especially at a time in which like, um, like Noah X, the Noah All Japan Exodus had just happened, and you know New Japan was constantly sputtering. So there's just a lot of bad vibes going around between promoters. But like, there was a match that had both Jushin Liger and Tenryu in it at one point in Hustle. Like, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. people were just showing up to hang out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the greatest match of all time: uh, Razor Remote Hard Gay versus Bob Sapp. Yes, yes, the greatest yes. match of all time. They were secretly cooking. Thank you. That is one of the best matches of all time. I cannot lie. Um, Dino, God, sir. I mean, you've y'all pretty much rented yes. every single fucking thing that I Oh my god, I've wanted the. Oh, okay. So those of you that want, Melee posted Razor Ramon Hard Gay, who is to me the definition of hustle, like yes. just the greatest oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and gimmick to ever mean. exist. I was so upset that that booking at Epi's Big Cape Brunch didn't happen mm. because I I literally put out a a, a beacon. Hey, if if Razor Ramon Hardgay has merch, get it. I will pay you back. Like I was really ready to go on that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Razor Ramon HG, fantastic representation of the company. I have a toy of his, a wind-up toy, where mind you, the, the 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 toy itself, it's him with his hands behind his head. You wind it up, and it pelvic thrusts really fast. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, that's the one thing that I'm going to be buried with. And um, <laughs> no one deserves that toy. I'm like, I found this toy. I haven't seen anybody with it. I'm keeping this forever. I didn't realize that that was your that this was your ring to you being Gollum. I didn't realize this was it. That's my precious. Yes, and uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it's very, it, it it's such a relic to me. I'm like. Because I had gone to, quick story, I had gone to, to Little Tokyo in, in L.A. And I'm like, oh, they got a toy store here. I'm going to see what kind of cool stuff they have. It was literally on the the register display. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, God. Razor Ramon and awesome. G. And the shopkeeper was so surprised, like, you know who that is? I'm like, yes, but what, what is this toy? He goes, oh, watch, watch. He holds it up and winds it. And I'm like. I need to buy this from you. He goes, okay, I, I got one in the package, so here you go. So I don't know if anybody else took the display model or what, but I'm like, I'm not getting rid of this. I have sold bits of my collection because I needed money, but I am not selling this one ever. <laughs> but I, yes. I just want to point this out as well. Just of all the people in Japanese professional wrestling at the time, um, 
Masaki uh, Sumitami, the, the performer behind that brought us Razor Ramon Hard Gay, was once uh, included in a like Japanese like federal investigation into the Yakuza. So mm-hmm. of somehow, somehow of all the things they had their hand in, they had their hand in Razor Ramon Hard Gay. I clip that audio. Um, yes, do yes. It. So, thank you, <laughs> just thank how? you to the Yakuza. Yeah, yeah right. How? <laughs> And would you Allegedly. believe, would you believe this one from Reardon? Um, Scott Hall once made an excursion to Huss. Yes, he did. I saw yeah. this wait, man. Wait, wait, and wait, do you know wait, what wait, he wait. did? Yes. He fully approved of Razor Ramon Hard Gay. Yeah! Did they, did they ever, like, did they ever fight or tag team? Unfortunately, I don't think they no. ever crossed paths in the ring. Which no, is I think he was just kind of You probably there. just saw him, because, like, I know it was, like, a one-off. Uh, kind of thing, as most things were in Hustle, mm. but the fact that is, is like, hey, that guy's pretty fucking funny. You know what? Yeah, use a use a razor remote. I'll that is, that. I mean, well played to him, but that is such a missed opportunity for them to even can not I, even get up in a promo or something. Is he Scott? Can I? Can Scott I? Paul soft gay then? <laughs> well, I would say I. I, I say hello. I was gonna to say the there's soft already there's guy. already real gay. <laughs> um. Can I mention another A1 hustle moment? Yes. Go. Uh, which is uh, the use of Mirko Krokop in a wrestler's yeah. Bring the Weapons match yeah. as a li- quote, living weapon. Yeah, yeah yes. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically just his leg. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Oh, man. I feel this is where I've uh, pulled the, uh, like, revealed the Trojan horse for this episode to actually be about Razor Ramon Hardgate <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Legit. I would have showed uh, up for that. And honestly, the, this... thing, the thing is, right, is there's so many people that if you just say, like, hustle, I'm sure I can name a bunch of random things for you to go. Oh, dude, the, to- the Kawada dance thing is unreal. Kawada yeah. dance? Oh, yeah. All timer. Yeah. All timer. Well, so like look grumpy, right such a grumpy bastard that him dancing is just amazing <laughs> yes shout out to that video of um it's, it's him Masawa and Kobashi yeah on the variety show on a talk show yeah I yeah. love that video so oh, much awesome. it's an awesome video <laughs> I but like, see like just, just doing too. like I think he's lip syncing too to the song yes <laughs> like just reading through a random list of names, you've got really just like the broadest spectrum of people. This is from the Wikipedia article for Hustle Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> we have everyone from Ginichiro Tenryu, Ricky Choshu, Yoshihiro Takeyama, Razor Ramon Hardgay, <laughs> Tajiri, Kushida, Naoya Ogawa, Shinya Hashimoto. Yingling, the erotic terrorist. <laughs> yes. Bob Sapp, Scott Norton, Bill Goldberg, Tiger Jeet Singh, <laughs> the Great Muta, Shinjiro Otani, Aja Kong, Dump Matsumoto, Minoru Suzuki, Warren Cromarty, <laughs> <laughs> Masato Tanaka, Team 3D, um, Jaguar Yakota. Steve Carino, Sanjay Dutt, <laughs> and oh, of course, <laughs> maximum capacity. <laughs> I now need to see if a stare down between Minoru Suzuki and Razor Ramon Hard Gay exists. 
There has to be, mm -hmm. surely. Surely there has to be. That's that that call, that calls for cage match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on it. But um, I'll let you guys go through that as I'm gonna probably now try to start wrapping this one up because we will be here for hours. Uh, the reason yes. I'm so happy is that, gentlemen, I realised from my research that I share a birthday with Razor Ramon Hard Gay. What? <laughs> What? So, oh my god! On the day that I also share it with Rob Van Dam and Stone Cold Steve Austin, I oh, share my birthday. Okay. Most importantly, with Razor Ramon, hard get. You have. Why does no to... one cool have my birthday? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, my Paul That is incredible. That is incredible. Awesome. Incredible, Sam. Razor Ramon, hard Sam. Which is but why have we seen Maroon and Hard Gay in the same room at the same time? Oh, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I regret to inform you, but I as of right now I cannot see that there has been a match between Razor Ramon, Hard Gay, and Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> that, is, that is rushing. Unfortunate. He has a match against Kawada though. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but this, upon this information, and this will be after the fact I post this, but I will be, as part of my birthday streams, I will be watching a whole bunch of Razor Ramon HG content for this stream. Impossible. So if you want to jump in on that in the chat, please do so. But I think, <laughs> I think that is a good way to end this. But to end on Takada's career, I believe now he is working currently as an executive and commentator for the Rising Fighting Federation. Oh, the uh, nice. if memory serves. Oh, he can great. He can give great commentary about his very real fighting career that adds to the experience. Yes, <laughs> you've seen the leg lock. He's legit. Yeah, the only I will That's say, shoe right there. The only guy uh, in that scene with a worse uh, shoot pedigree is uh, whatever you do, do or don't uh, go look at Akira Maeda's shoot fights. Yes, uh, yeah, they or something else or quote-unquote alleged shoot fights Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i i am so happy about this episode it was every bit insane as i thought it would be um i have really really enjoyed this one and i just want to thank everyone that appeared on this one to andos to dino to squill thank you guys so much for tagging along i know originally there was going to be so many more but i'm kind of glad that we kept it intimate for the most part, because I think it would have been even mm -hmm. more insane if we carried on. <laughs> mm -hmm. But before we head off and before I do my ending spiel, I'm going to give all three of you the floor to if anything you've got coming up or any social medias, anything like that you've got coming up in the next couple of weeks and lead up to Christmas, please, the floor is yours. I will start with Squill. Um, I have a Kofi, give me money. Secret Santo. Real. Real. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let him know. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it. that's it. That's it. That's it. And dose. Um, I also have a coffee. Please give me money. <laughs> I have three <laughs> I have three hairy children who scream at me for food all the time and they yeah. must be fed. <laughs> um but no, seriously, um, before I do start, I just want to thank you guys so much for having me a part of this. It was great finally being able to meet Dino. It was great oh, finally yeah. being able to meet Melee Hellbot. <laughs> and just great vibes all around from you guys. Um, oh. I'm also going to be in the Secret Santo project. 
with Ooh. a bunch of other great creators. So be excited about that. And I guess this is where I make my big announcement. Um, so I've been teasing this all year. Hasn't been able to work out, unfortunately, because of life and other projects. But 2024 will be my biggest project so far, which is Scott Pilgrim, A Love Letter, which is just Ooh. going to be my giant um, brain rot dumping of love towards Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And as I create it, Sam the VA mod, would you like to be the official editor of Scott Pilgrim, A Love Letter? I'm sharing the brain rot. TMZ exclusive. <laughs> I'm sharing that brain rot with you, sir. Look at that. Lovely. You, heard it, you heard it here first, folks. I am so excited for that. You will not believe. <laughs> Genuinely. Dino, the floor is what? yours, sir. Uh, yes. Uh, so let's... Damn, okay. So I got a little channel called uh, WFWFU62. It is my EFED where I just make a bunch of random shit happen. Uh, we got a Christmas show coming up called Abu Nai Christmas. Uh, it's kind of a yearly thing. You could do, uh, check that out and follow my shenanigans on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash dwinwoodsghost. Um, we'll also be a part of a, uh, of a a bit of a Christmas performance that I'm going to put on on my, uh, um, well, one of my streaming channels because I don't want to get flagged for copyright. <laughs> but, um, be sure to follow me on Twitter or X, or it's Twitter. Um, <laughs> Howdy yeah. Price DW. Uh, howdy price dw for the details on that one um i mainly do wrestling versions of christmas songs in the voices yes um, <laughs> so i will be doing that this year um you can also occasionally catch me on andrew everett's channel uh well we do some shenanigans with him and uh courtney rush um which is twitch.tv slash andy e plays and of course new legacy inc whenever we uh got a group thing going uh, if you don't know who that is, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Twitch, that's pretty But yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what I have going on. Um, and whenever Dakaju Pro does another show, hopefully I'll be back for that one. I love that place. It's a lot of fun, but be sure to check them out on uh, IWTV. So. Oh, man. Thank you all so much for popping in. It's been an absolute pleasure and so much freaking fun. Like, you will not believe the 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 insanity, the hilarity I have had with this one. So thank you. We'll come back for the Sakuraba episode. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, our next episode is the Christmas special. Oh, I can't believe man. that. We actually, this is the first time we've ever been able to do this, where we haven't had to re-record two episodes in one go. We can actually record Correct. on the Saturday and have it out on the Monday. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, but that is all coming up. We're probably going to chat some random stuff, as we always love to do on the Christmas special. So look forward to that. Oh, but until yeah. then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan. Reardon, Melee Hellbot, Squill, Andos, and Dino Winwood. We have been the Sweet Chain Podcast, and we will see you all on the next one. Ultraman, Ultraman, Hard or Gamer! Stay, stay, stay! I've got it forever!